0: Welcome to Mixed Company, bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront, so everyone can participate in the conversation.
1: We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company.
0: And we're back. Welcome, everybody, to Mixed Company. We are here to talk about all things advertising, all things diversity, and super excited to be here on this late evening. <laughs> super <laughs>
2: I got that excitement all the way over here.
1: (laughs) So are are we not introducing ourselves at all?
0: I mean, we kind of do that already in the intro. I mean, at this point, we're what? This is episode 18, 19. So if you don't know our voices by now, you can just ask somebody. Or Or you You can just ask us. You can actually, you can literally just ask us on one of our social handles. um, Because we want more engagement anyway. So anyway, as you guys know, we take this time to dive right into listener questions and comments, which we haven't had in a while. So this is really exciting. Yeah. yeah. This comes from, I guess we don't have a name for this person. Let's call
1: her Don Asia. Wow.
0: Don Asia. That is.
2: <laughs> you know what? That might be
1: somebody's name. That's, no. <laughs> that's from the Total album. When Puff. When Puff was screaming, Don Asia. Don Asia. Oh,
0: <laughs> okay, so Asia.
3: this,
0: <laughs> so this letter comes from Don Asia. and per Don Asia, my team and I won a big client recently. In an effort to win this pitch, I worked through the holiday break, nearly twenty in, in nearly twenty-four hour shifts, alongside my partner. I want to know how to approach HR and management about being compensated for my dedication and overtime. Any suggestions?
2: Well, let me get this right. She wants to be... Com- what
0: was the actual contract? So essentially, she's been... They won a big pitch right. for a big client, brought right. to their agency. Mm-hmm. Part of working um, to bring in that client was a substantial amount of effort on her mm-hmm. end. And it looks like over the holiday break, they, she and her partner were working in damn near 24-hour shifts. So I'm assuming 10 to 12-hour shifts through the break while everybody else is smoking, drinking, living their life, and right. being merry. Um, they are working on getting this pitch together. Mm-hmm. On one hand, I mean my perspective. On one hand, this is a hundred percent a part of the business. This is the nature of what we do. Um, also, I'm wondering like how mandatory working on pitches are. Like if like it's a time, it's a it's a it's a freaking time suck, right? So
1: I'm just gonna jump in here because we're getting this letter. I'm going to. Ass- to assume that he um that Dana is basically writing to us because this is abnormal. Like this isn't the norm. Obviously she's probably worked on pitches before, mm-hmm. but working um weekends and working like late nights, I mean we all expect it being in advertising, but there are those moments where you're like, all right, wait, this is crazy. Like I should, like somebody should acknowledge the fact that we are not working like normal hours. Because at the end of the day, there is supposed to be some sort of work life balance. Because we're getting this email, I'm assuming that this is abnormal, even for like a pitch. Because pitch, like yeah, you the last week you may work till like two o'clock in the morning every night. But if she's especially if you're working through like the holiday break, usually you would get comp days. Yeah. Like. Maybe not comp days for every day, but they'd be like, hey, guys, you worked these crazy amount of hours.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Take a day or two. I
0: think, I mean, it sounds like, to
1: me, that's no, what it's No,
0: I don't think you're wrong.
1: For overtime, because if you're advertising, more than likely you are salaried. So usually the compensation is like a couple of comp days because you just worked yourself to the bone and you need like a refresher
0: I I don't yeah and I don't think that's wrong I don't think it's I don't think there's an issue with having um the conversation the conversation our my perspective on having the conversation is bringing it up like hey you know we work these times is it possible for me to get x y and z whatever you're asking for Tasha so Tasha um helped to respond and basically here's her two cents um, first, spending extra time working on a pitch should always be discussed ahead of taking the time. Yeah, I was going to the say thing. that. Once, you yeah. are, once you're already in the thick of it, they, like, anybody could say whatever. Like, rarely, rarely will they say, oh, you know, and they being management or whomever, oh, man, you worked a whole lot, bu- you worked a whole lot, let me see what I can do. Like, rarely does that happen. Generally, that happens when you have a really good relationship with your management team, that you can start to discuss compensation if you don't the the real thing is if you don't even feel comfortable having that conversation it's likely because these are not the kind of people that have your back like well you're really
2: so like from the account perspective you should have once you see people are going to have to work over the holiday break that's something that you make a note first Mm -hmm. because that's the first thing like they're going to people working over the break or at any time they're they're gonna ask how much time? Where do I put this time on where my spreadsheet? Do do so well, how do I get compensated? So the fact that she has to have this conversation is just first of all poor management.
0: So that's the next thing that she says. So if you are working twenty four hour shifts over a weekend or holiday, the convo should be first with your the first with your manager. Since I plan on working late and overtime, um and over time, should I bank on should I bank this under comp time? If not, how should I code this for my time? essentially, you do need to have the conversation Where am I putting my time for this yeah if i'm working during a, if I'm working during a time period that I normally wouldn't have to. Is this going towards the client? No, it's a pitch. Is this going towards PTO? Obviously not. Yeah. How am I recording my time? The sex, The second thing that she mentions is, do I need to notify HR of the comp time or should they record this time working on this pitch? Now, essentially, once you start bringing in the conversation of comp time, that opens the conversation. Had this been, to Tasha's point, had this been in the beginning of the situation, you would be able to negotiate exactly what you're getting out of the deal. Because this is on the back end, obviously the time is logged. Hours are recorded. It's an entirely new year. They can say, anybody can say no, and there's not that much you can do about it. Tasha did bleh, Tasha did suggest that um, since this all happened after time had been taken, To first go to the manager and say say something along the lines of, you know, since I've taken X date or X amount of time working on the pitch, I was never told or advised on how I will be compensated for my time spent. Now that we agreed on taking this time, you know, know, will I be compensated with X, Y, Z for that time period and should I advise HR? Yeah. So essentially it goes we've done this, we never had the conversation, this is my expectation, should I go talk to HR about that, already bringing, I guess, front-loading the heavier conversation?
2: Right, because at first, I mean, that puts them in a good place so the management team can talk to HR about how this should be compensated because at the end of the day, it should be compensated. And furthermore, with a pitch, it's not like, is just drop everything, there's a pitch over the holiday. You can see when work is gonna be snowballed into the holiday. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she has to have this, um, yeah, she is gonna have this conversation is already poor management on the side. And I think what Tasha suggested is great because from by putting in HR, which this is an HR problem, Management, whoever is the person
0: approving time and compensating time, mm-hmm. can, your resource manager as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to go directly, doesn't necessarily have to go directly to it, doesn't. It doesn't but at this HR. point, it has to. Well, I don't actually I think do it's, a, I think it
2: has, I has to. Point, it yeah, HR. because it's not, it's because it's in the past and it wasn't discussed up front, not even up to the time, right? But the, the people
0: who approve your time off anyway, that's not HR.
2: No, but the people who So if what it, you're if so if
0: back. what you're looking for is compensation of the, if what you're looking for is your time back, you that's what I'm saying, you can go to your resource manager or whoever approves your time off. That's a conversation. If you're looking to be paid for time taken in a
1: different calendar
0: year, then you should at least let them know that you're going to have that conversation. So
1: the, the thing is, I'm guessing also because this is post That she may have already mentioned this to her manager and the other thing is is that what you mentioned earlier is that you know if your manager was that type of person they would be checking they would notice that you've been busting your ass so if your manager did not notice I would say that you and your partner should go to HR and say hey we worked X amount of hours this is kind of unusual, is there any way that we could be compensated with comp days? Cause if you're salary, then they're probably not going to give you a bonus or, well, they, again, we know they're But again, if you're asking
0: not. for comp days, then you're not going to HR for that. You're going you to- You would have to that go to HR. It,
1: because it, and it all depends on what type of company you work for. So if you work for a holding company, then there are things that are, there are protocols in, in place where you can't just go to your manager. Your manager's going to say, hey, I'm going to give you a few comp days.
2: I've been in. I agree HR. with that. That where you discuss your time with your manager, but the person to get that compensation would be your like financial or HR person to give you that money. The compensation, but we're talking about time. The time, like the time would be the time. the time would have to be like settled, and you would have to show what your your logged in your logs for when you were working over the break with your resource manager. Right,
0: and, and quite I'm frankly your HR person is gonna ask you if you talk to these people anyway. Right, HR,
2: HR is just-
0: they're not, gonna, they're not gonna swoop in and be like, oh yes, let me give you X, Y, and Z and then shake my finger at all the people that should've advised you correctly the first time. They're gonna make sure you went through the proper channels. Well, HR is there to
2: prove like the like, money approval or literally comparable. Right. approval,
0: so yeah. Right, did you yeah. go through the proper channels? Right. What was the conversation before? How come nobody discussed this? they're gonna investigate. Investigate means bringing people all together and having this conversation. If that's not what you necessarily want, start with time. I think time is an easier thing to manage. I think getting time off approved, especially if it is evident that you have been working a certain amount of hours. Because to your point, nobody wants you to quit. So if it's a matter of your sanity, which quite often in agency life or I'm, shit I can't speak for everybody else's industry but quite often in agency life it is a matter of your sanity I don't see your resource manager having a problem working with you to get you a couple extra days maybe not this week maybe not next but something that you can take down the road
1: and if they don't then maybe it's time to quit
0: (laughs) and then there's and then you can always quit like at the end of the day we just really believe that if you're not happy you should just quit
1: well, yeah, I'm glad
0: that we don't advise on relationships because, yeah. like, we would just be out here well, talking. No, you should I mean, really I, just get divorced. Like, I don't. well, the, the,
1: the reality of the situation is, is that if you worked all these hours and you worked through the holiday break, which means that you neglected your family, um, and I mean, well, for some people, they really like their families, like, they neglected their family, um, and your boss doesn't take notice of that, then is that somebody that you want to work
0: with? Right. Through? But That's a good it's point. A
2: poor, it's a, regardless of if you spent your time with your family up beside a campfire or with your dog near the heater, it yeah. is a management problem.
0: Yes, but right. I, get to, it, it, is, I get Simeon's point. Simeon's point is the, the life balance. <laughs> yeah. If the life balance isn't there, is that really a place you want to be? And I can respect that. So, I feel like... Next time, you need to have this conversation up front. <laughs> because then you can be like, you know what? I'm actually not available because I'll be out of the country. Right. Let's get somebody else to work on this shit. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if that was helpful. hope it was. Send <laughs> your questions. Yeah, I am about to say. So, yeah, if anybody has questions, you can always send them to askmixedcompany at gmail.com. That's a s k m i x e d. C O M P A N Y at gmail dot com. Um, we got you, whether it's helpful or not. If nothing else, it gives us something to talk about. So, with that being said, are y'all ready for some dope shit? I feel like there was a lot of good stuff in like the news lately, and true. not like not like political stuff. I well, I guess everything is relates back to political, but I think it's it's industry focused. Okay, that makes me excited. Who wants to go first? Not industry focused. I don't care
1: mine's a semi industry focus. All
0: right, Simeon, and then Karina. Yay. Uh
1: so my dope shit this week is a Netflix original documentary series called Abstract: The Art of Design. And it's basically um this documentary series that follows like professionals um basically like just design professionals across like disciplines. So Graphic designers, set designers, sneaker designers. So I'm like three episodes in. So the first one that I watched is uh, this dude named Christoph Neiman, who's an illustrator for like the New Yorker. Um, And then the two that I was actually like really into were Tinker Hatfield, who is the Nike designer who did like all the pretty much most of the Jordan sneaker designs. And he also worked on Back to the Future, so he designed the, the self-lacing shoe that... Um, oh, dope. They just
0: recently made those... That
1: was He was behind that.
0: He was behind the real ones or the ones in the movie? Both. Oh, dope. Yeah, dope, dope, so dope. he's behind
1: both of those. Uh, so basically, like, when he realized that the anniversary was coming up, because Back to the Future was all about 2015, I guess. So I don't know. Um, was it... Yeah, yeah. he's going into 2015. It's like it's to be now. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: but it's twenty seventeen and I'm like, wasn't that just like last year?
1: Yeah. So yeah, he so he designed that. He made she was behind the team that kind of brought that to life. And then the other episode that I watched that was pretty dope was this um this woman named Ez Devlin, who's a stage designer. Mm-hmm. But she basically has done like she did Beyonce's Formation tour. So oh my
2: god! Those, um, <laughs> the box.
1: The boxes. That's her. That, that deserves
2: an award. <laughs> um,
1: she also did like some stuff for Kanye. Okay. Uh, yeah, but probably she's... did the
0: boxes during the Watch the Throne tour. I'm sure she yeah, did those. Yeah, she did those too. Oh. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense.
1: So yeah, she's pretty dope. So if you have Netflix or you have somebody's account, you should definitely check it out. It's like how many episodes? Uh, it's about eight episodes. I'm like four in.
0: Man,
1: I so, can binge watch that in like a day. I'm <laughs> not trying to be responsible about my watching
0: that. <laughs> no. That actually does sound interesting. I'd, I'd even be enjoyed. Uh, I'd even enjoy watching that.
1: I mean, it's a, it's a good documentary for if you're in this industry because basically what we do is creative problem solving. Mm-hmm. So to watch people who you know what i'm saying like that's basically what they do like mm-hmm. a beyonce approaches you you know A Beyonce. Have, well, you know, parkwood entertainment beyonce, uh, approaches you and you have to figure out how to like how do you solve the problem of somebody who's pretty much done everything on stage at this point
2: how to make uh, it easy yeah that's awesome i'm gonna watch it cool so um my dope shit oh dope ish my bad is um, a video by uh, Dr. Brené Brown. She's famous for speaking about and writing about vulnerability, worthiness, shame, empathy, sympathy. And uh, she did a short uh, little video for PBS via KQED, so the channel for um, PBS, about the difference between empathy and sympathy and how to interact with people um, with one or the other and I think that's it just brought back to me about you know during this time you know even beyond that part of diversity and inclusion is how we react to people and I think it's just a fun video well not fun but an informative video and we'll post it online to get it so you guys can watch it.
1: What's, what's the name of it?
2: Um, it? There is no title it's just a video that she did with PBS talking about empathy um, is a tough to teach but here is one of the most important life lessons
1: cool
0: i think empathy is tough to teach i don't in order to be empathetic like you there's there's an there's a moment that you have to decide like not to be selfish with your own emotions and when it comes to like holding your own emotions and like you know it's like these are mine but actually thinking outside of yourself, like the idea right. of putting your your what is it? Putting your feet in somebody else's shoes. How does that say? No? Yeah, <laughs> walking in somebody's. <laughs> shoes. Oh, the sorry. idea of doing that um, can sometimes be like that's scary. You don't yeah. you don't want to feel that way. So
2: yeah, and what I liked about the video is that it puts a real life situation on how to respond, respond to, to someone with empathy versus responding to, to someone. In a sympathetic manner, and what is helpful to people who are going through something, and it's important to for us because we're, we're constantly interacting with people at the office. So, watch it, we'll put the link up and learn some more. I don't know, I mean, more isn't you know, it just
1: like basic human nature, though.
2: Okay, but the, a lot of things are basic, and that it doesn't seem like a lot of people have all that. What does the saying go? Not all common sense is common. Yeah, well, mm,
0: that's yeah. about right. <laughs> I
1: mean, like, I don't. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, like, they kind of.
0: But then again, look who we're speaking to. I'm just kidding. No! Uh, I mean, like, a lot of those
1: situations kind of like piss me off because it's like, all right, like, why do you need to be taught how to respect somebody?
0: Because that's not necessarily everyone's first go to as a sign of respect. That's not. That I don't think that that constitutes respect. I think that that's an added value when you do respect somebody. And, and some people, people just struggle. Just because you were beaten and asked, <laughs> would, would you like it if I did that to you? Does not mean that, that everybody was nah, asked I don't that. I think it's like a,
1: a beaten thing. I think, yeah, her probably contributed to it, but I think the general, the general sense of, like, someone, like, stating that they're in pain, and, like, how do you not, like, be empathetic
0: Um, because you have to ask yourself so what so you step on an ant it's the same way like some many people you wear fur mean, you wear leather all the time and there are people out here that will literally throw paint and sharp objects at you because they don't understand how you can't be empathetic to an animal's pain for being skinned so you can walk around with fresh ass pants and bags and whatever else the (laughs) hell accessories you got going on it's the same kind of empathy like you can't ask how you know how because there are things you're not empathetic to
2: right and i think when
0: I
1: there are things you bruh so uh, like why i understand what you're saying animals can't talk
2: (laughs) but okay
0: but and that's the that's how you've rationalized it
2: right to other people you know animals are like to other people you don't
0: have to just be able to speak to have feelings, you've rationalized that. Well, as long as you don't can't talk to me, I shouldn't. It should. It shouldn't matter. I didn't I mean, mean to stutter. That was weird.
2: Okay.
1: I, I mean, sure. Why? The
0: you day. don't have to. You don't. You don't have to agree, but you know, <laughs> other people I feel mean, differently. I
1: mean, I mean kind of general like feeling for people who don't look for who are who don't try to be empathetic or sympathetic. At the very least, like you ain't should. Well,
3: Listen,
0: days. I know a whole bunch of people <laughs> at PETA feel the same way about somebody like me. So, I mean, it's real. It's real. Okay. Cool. What's <laughs> you <laughs> I just think it's funny. Okay. So, mine um, comes from an article I read on Digiday cool. um, titled Activist Athletes, which I think that's it. I find that funny that that's what we're calling them, but I guess I'll get to it. Yeah, Activist they're, they're athletes, basically. huh? Mm-hmm. That's how that's how I feel about it, but I mean, I guess everything deserves a title, so that's fine. Activist athletes pose an unprecedented threat to sponsor brands. And essentially, the article was written in response to um uh bleh, 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 Stephen Curry's Steph Curry's um mm-hmm. Counter response to the CEO of Under Armour, mm-hmm. um, where basically he said, you know, I think that Trump, Trump is a great asset to this country, and Steph was like, yeah, if you, you remove the ET, but <laughs> <laughs> <British. laughs> such a corny joke, but I loved it. I loved it because that was cute. That was a what do you that was curry. Cra- 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 I mean, that's a curry <laughs> way of I'm of sliding, sliding to one to people. the people. Um, but essentially, it's calling attention to how a lot of um, a lot of athletes these days are taking a stand um, up against social justice. To name a few in this article, they talk about Misty Copeland, who's also sponsored by Under Armour, who also spoke out against the CEO, noting that she had discussed um, they basically discussed her position on their differences of opinion and how she feels strongly that she does not want to she does not want to represent or or be represented by brands that, des- that essentially don't share her values. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry feels the same way. It goes on to talk about Colin Kaepernick. It goes on to talk about um, a couple of the players on the um, New England Patriots team and essentially the idea is a few years ago, brands were the ones that had all the power. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, brands were the ones that had all the power. There were athletes getting booted off of campaigns and endorsement deals left and right. They called to attention Tiger Woods when he was going through his personal issues at home and essentially how everybody and their mama, including, do-do-do-do-do, can I even find it? Who let that man go? Just about everybody let that
1: go.
0: I think it was like AT&T and a few other other brands um, let him go. But essentially... They have the pack because they have mortality clauses in their contracts and the way that um, the tides are changing and essentially athletes being brands within themselves are now joining forces with larger product focused brands who obviously are brands within themselves there has to be some sort of um, equal appreciation for each other I guess you would say or each equal respect for the brands where athletes are now looking into ways that they themselves can distance themselves from brands without breaking um, the contract, not laws, without breaking, essentially without breaking the contract in the same way that, you know, freaking Kai Incorporated could go to Karina, the basketball player, and be like, bruh, I didn't like what you said, so we're just gonna take a step back and not be penalized for it. Um, They talk about how, Essentially what you rarely see is the reverse. So companies bring athletes reputations to potential dispute Um, And they have a lawyer here Romano who said that in the future there'll be new contracts between negotiators where there's more Bilateralism um, people can get out on either side, which I think is really important and also speaks to something I mean, we haven't talked about it here but another conversation that is widely had um, is the idea of how athletes are kind of just the the puppets of the entire game like for a long time they're the ones that they do the hard work they play the games but at the end of the day their money is very um it's kind of up in the air like it can get taken away for them doing the smallest things but now that they are actually bringing the attention to these brands to these organizations that they should carry a heavier say in the progress of their um in the progress of their brand, it also notes something here which I thought was really important um the CEO of Red Peak, which is a branding firm, mm-hmm. her name is Susan Cantor. She talks about how there was a time when the highest profile athletes didn't engage in politics, and something that Simeon said last episode is how like all of a sudden it's become now that the environment is so polarized athletes have have started to take a stand because it's quote unquote in vogue. Those are her words. I find That's, that almost hurt, but yeah. it's not wrong cuz you've said like we we we've kind of said well, it. Like almost almost everyone is taking a stand and I don't know if right. in vogue was the right way to say it. No. No. I think That's the better good. way to say it is that there are, people are more comfortable with taking these political stands. I think right. that is the way she should have st- said it. Yeah. Right. However, she does follow up with saying that the one thing you know is that there's little room to be neutral on both sides these days, noting that neutrality died on November 8th, 2016, which I personally think is, right, I think that was an aboot moment, not her first moment. I mean, that's an aboot moment because I think that was the moment when people realized to a point that we've made time and time again, just because you don't talk about it doesn't mean that people don't feel away about something. Just because you haven't had a conversation with your, creative partner about you know what their political views are doesn't mean that they don't look down upon people of color. Mm. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And that and that this is a moment where you actually do need to know where you stand within your organization. And for the sake of creating self-care for you, for the sake of Simeon holding people accountable for you, for the sake of me being able to continue um speaking on behalf of of diversity and inclusion and pushing that agenda, you gotta know the company that you keep.
3: Right.
0: So I think that was a good point to make and I do like that um this isn't the first article I've seen about this but I do like that there are more and more articles recognizing the activism quote unquote that is happening, happening within um athletics. I mean, we see it with LeBron James all the time when he's not cussing out Charles Charles Barkley or whatever like you do have to take a stand and especially being some of the highest profile people in the world, quite frankly. You know, eyes are looking at you to decide which way the culture tide turns. Well, so. I mean, also, we'll like, this for athletes just have they
1: more equity than they've had before. So, like, her saying that they, they're in vogue, it's not. Like, these athletes know their worth. Like, yeah. if they're not playing, you don't have people in the stands. Like, right. that's, that's how that works. Like, right. athletes command... Audiences, and so if also, like, yeah, they it it may be in vogue, but the same way that people are holding brands accountable, they're also holding these people that they look up to Mm -hmm. accountable. So, like, whether it's athletes or it's musicians, like, when the um, and I like I'm gonna misspeak because I really like when the shooting happened in uh, Florida, Miami, in Orlando, and people are like. To Nicki Minaj like why didn't you why aren't you saying anything like a lot of your fans are LGBT Um, like people are holding the people that they look up to accountable so while they may be in vogue people also these people who are influencers and celebrities feel um, they have the right to say it because they are especially if they're of color they're effective but they also have the equity like Mm -hmm. if you LeBron James like you're a dope ass player. Right. You can't just tell me to shut up because even if you take away my endorsement deal, like I'm that dope, somebody else is gonna give me money for it. So I think, think
0: the I think, think, I think, the, think the part, part that, that stings. Means, I mean, Google Susan Cantor, but I think the I think part that part that stings, that stings, that stings, stings about, about her saying, about saying that, it's that it's in, in Vogue it, is is the idea that, idea that it will pass.
3: Right. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah.
0: The, That's the, part the part that stings, and I I don't I think people that believe that they don't care because nobody cares until it affects them personally or it affects their sphere of 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 comfortability or whatever like i have a feeling she just doesn't she herself doesn't understand even her choice doesn't have empathy yeah i don't feel like she has empathy i feel like
1: she doesn't have empathy but
0: yeah she doesn't have empathy but she has cultural context which, to your point, doesn't mean that she doesn't respect what's going on. It's that she doesn't think it's real. She doesn't think it's important. And that's, and that, to me, is like, there. again, there are a lot of people out here that just feel like folk is just out here. Pick it in their signs like it's not February, whatever. Cold as hell outside with snow, go- snow on because they think it looks cute. No, bruh, people are the fuck upset. Athletes are, are upset, upset. Entertainers, entertainers are upset Guess why? Because they're people They're people with empathy They're the kind of people That Simeon really enjoys being around And quite yeah. frankly like, like, um, And well, quite yeah. frankly I do as well So, so, so I mean
2: Or maybe they see this as a wave, wave. They yeah, do see, see it as a wave, wave. They yeah, yeah, as a wave. You know, They've, they've been, been through Like, like trying Or they've they they see seen it And they think Okay Let's see how long This is
1: but yeah, here's the, here's the, here's the other that. thing This is also part of like The Beyonce, Beyonce effect a little bit Where people realized that she was black When the lemonade, lemonade came, came the out
0: The reality
1: of all these The majority of the NFL Which is predominantly black um, And the NBA Predominantly black um, These people have black families Mm-hmm. So black issues matter to them, and they're generally um, like
0: one out of how many in their family that right. quote unquote made it. And while made it varies from person to person, like there are a lot of people looking up to you. There are a lot of people. Quite there's, shit. There's a lot of people that we went to school right. with that are not here anymore for reasons pertaining to the shit that we
1: right.
0: activate against, if you will. So,
1: and the the other thing is a lot of these issues that are being. Affected under President Orange. Um,
0: Agent Orange, shout out to Busta Rhymes, yeah. guys. So a, a lot of
1: these these issues <laughs> are intersectional. So whether they be LGBT or Muslim, which a lot of black people are Muslims, um, they're, they're not insular issues. Like, they affect black people. So why wouldn't these people speak out about their friends and families that look like them?
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. So I think that's just something for us to pay more attention to. Um, yeah, I mean, I look forward... I mean, the, rea- the reality is I look forward to seeing more of this happening because I think from a culture perspective, a lot of people think that things are passing when it comes from entertainment. But let's be real about a couple of things. Hip-hop was supposed to be a passing fad, and we are looking very close to 40 years now. So... So... If, if this is, is in vogue, vogue, hopefully it stays in vogue for 40 plus years, it's just, just just like just, just like, like the hip hop culture or hip hop music or, or whatever. So shout out to all the haters with the backhanded compliments. Shout out to all the athletes that are out here really speaking up on behalf of people that are just like them, because they, they could have been that person. And shout out to all the regular people out here doing it, not for the Vine, but because they believe in it amen so that kind of leads us into our topic of the day um obviously since all of the since the culture has changed and the the emotions around culture has changed i don't i've been paying closer attention attention to my facebook my twitter and my instagram feeds because I see all the things that keep me up to date on the news that I will not get out of a White House briefing. As well as all of the conversations that are just just too good for tea. Like, tea don't even seem to be, like, I don't even need gossip. I just want to have real conversations because real conversations are giving all the juice. So, There's a conversation, and obviously I'm not gonna speak on person, people, or the um, specific rant because I don't know this person personally, even though I'd really love to. Um, Nobody here does, right? I I think, about to say, (laughs) everybody just looks at me. So I'm just gonna, I am going to paraphrase a couple things and essentially speak to it. However, um, let's say a diversity and inclusion influencer posted a rant. a couple weeks ago essentially in response to what he saw in response to the work that he saw coming out of agencies for the sake of Super Bowl Sunday so as most of us should know Super Bowl commercial time Super Bowl campaign Super Bowl anything is prime time real estate to be bought up purchased and sold to the masses in advertising land this is um, for whatever reason, why people still believe this. I mean, I guess it's still true, but I just, I don't know. Whatever. I don't feel like it's going to be that way forever. Like, people watch, people look at their phones more often on a, during an Amber Alert than freaking looking at the Super Bowl. Or maybe I just made that up. Right.
3: Whatever. Anyway,
0: Super Bowl happened. Dude was like, listen, I don't understand how all these industry, how all of these agencies are out here. Spending all this money, because we all know it's like, what, a, a million, few million? Close to a, five million five. For, a for a good spot during the Super Bowl? Yeah, you really so get you're get spending, it. so essentially his point is you're spending like five million dollars for a spot, for a commercial spot on the Super Bowl, and you're finding this five million dollars for your agencies, your organizations, your whatever, you're sp- you're finding this money to put into creating this piece of creative to air, um, to air during the, the the programming. However, everyone is finding it so hard to find money to put towards funneling, hiring, recruiting, and training people of color. Specifically, what he calls out, what he says is. The industry is truly not interested in more black and brown faces and minds. If they did, now I am taking it from there, but if they did, they would look at it as a business challenge, they would look at it as the business challenge that it is, put the best minds towards it, create a business plan for the answer and put substantial resources behind it. Essentially saying that it's a lot easier, it's a lot easier to find money to put towards creating a campaign that you'll probably only that'll probably only be in rotation for a couple of months, than it is to diversify your, yeah, diversify your talent pool with black people, with brown people, um, and put money into training and and retaining them.
1: Well, this this goes back to something that we've said on like an episode a long ass time ago. You have these people, agency people, and I mean, we're and, all it's not
0: just, and it's not just agency because let's agent, be real. The, agency
1: people. The brands are the
0: ones giving the agencies this money to place these.
1: let let's just put it this way: you have a bunch of professionals who all claim to be extremely smart and strategic and the best in the business, and if you can't solve a problem like just the, the general idea of what ju- diversity is which is hiring people of diverse races and I just want to let me just be let me be very mm-hmm.
0: clear he's not even talking about diversity as a whole because that's exactly what we're getting into we're not even talking about diversity as a whole he's spe- he's specifying black and brown faces he's talking about black people right. people that identify as as melanin efficient <laughs> mm-hmm. He's speaking about he's speaking about something that we don't talk about a lot. We speak about diversity as a whole and diversity, which is great. Which I think I believe cause you gotta ask people these days. I believe all of us <laughs> at the, at this table are here and champion for diversity in general. But he's mm-hmm. talking about people that look like like us,
1: right.
0: not just diverse. no No, he's talking about diversifying your pool with black talent.
1: Right, and and again to my point, like which is, you can't call yourself strategic and the smartest and the most innovative minds in the business, and say that you can solve for all of these modern business problems that exist and are are arising every single day because like we're we're all fighting um, for eyes in the space of like just crazy ass content you can't say that you can do that,
3: mm-hmm. but
1: you can't solve diversity at face value. Because you're legit talking about saying that you cannot hire people who are, in your, who are stalking you like every single day, like mm-hmm. black and brown uh, students uh, and graduates from communication programs all over this country, whether you're HBCU or you went to a city school or you went to a state school or you went to a junior college. If you study communications or you studied advertising, you are applying for these jobs that agencies are posting on their websites. So for an agency to say that they can't find people and and in the same breath say that they are the most say that they are the smartest and the most strategic like It's bullshit.
2: Wait, I have well, a basic, like question. Okay. If what makes an agency highly desirable?
1: I mean w- no, no, but, a, hold on a second. That's a
2: real question. It's,
1: that's a that's a real question, but we're talking about No,
2: but this will this will make sense in the context of why do we spend more money on a Super Bowl ad and more pay attention to the work? As opposed to retaining and keeping the talent and getting the talent within our agencies. But
1: here, here's here's the thing, I think while I think that that rant was on point, I think it misses a point. One, agencies are not the ones spending money on the Super Bowl ad. Right. It
3: right. is
1: brands. Right. And now, if we are going and we're going to look at brands as a whole, most of them are. Pretty diverse. I will Let's, say he does because,
0: keep, he does generalize it to the industry as a because whole. Because
1: let me, let me, let me say something. Portland, Oregon, when I worked on Nike and I was at the Nike campus, I saw hella brown and black folk. Now, do the agencies that work on Nike, are they as black and brown as Nike's campus? nike's in portland oregon like what black people are trying to move to portland oregon so mm-hmm. the fact that you you are investing in people to come to this place and you are finding these people these are the same people who are qualified to work in agencies nike is able to find them for the agencies that work on these brands to say that they can't find them like you're you're full of shit like no, yeah you know I, I, mean, I agree
0: I, I think i don't i don't think that any of us but think his that
1: his, that... his his rant is a little misplaced because he's he's he brought the Super Bowl into it. Yeah, yeah you're gonna spend five million dollars on a spot for the Super Bowl because that's gonna be the. I didn't. I don't, the most eyes on I don't. I don't
0: think that it, I don't think that it missed it, and I don't think that he's knocking people for doing it. I think mean, he's saying like what I took from it was if you can do that, you can put the twenty k, thirty k, forty k, fifty k, a hundred k into fighting talent. Why can't this? why can't that same effort and energy be directed towards pulling in more black and brown faces and that's his point that's exactly he says it right here they don't want to (laughs) that's that's exactly what he's saying however however right here's this started like a a deeper conversation because i feel like a lot of agencies. If 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 someone were to bring this up at um, I don't know, a, a here are all the black people, or uh-huh. at another yes, we know, or at <laughs> oh another God. conference event conversation, right? The counter will be, oh, but look look at all the progress we've made. But the progress that we've made is specific to women. Generally, it's higher for white women, right? In certain, um, what was I? Did you share with me the Facebook? There was a there was a thing about Facebook and how Facebook was having a hard time diversifying their engineer uh talent pool because the engineer hiring managers only wanted to hire engineers that were like them so went to specific schools or essentially uh, I, were Asian. Okay. Okay. Um but it was hard to pull in Black people, because they were just seen as, oh well, if you didn't go to X school, then we can't use you because clearly you don't know the same thing. Right. And that, but that conversation uh, or that article leaned more on the corporate culture kind of kind of deal. My thing is, somebody brought up in in the conversation, we a, a lot of times in the conversation of diversity, yeah, we don't specify what we want. And this is something that we've said, or this is something I've said, but we talk about diversity as a whole, and we don't talk about the problems that, that we, as as black and brown people, are facing. We're getting on board to say we want more diversity, and there are other groups that are benefiting from this, and yet still, starting from 2006 to now, it's 2017, we're seeing numbers that haven't even moved a notch when it comes to seeing black men as creatives within agencies that we haven't you know rarely do you see black women or you you might see one or two black women within an an entire network of an agency but good god you have you have offices on damn near every continent why do you only have two there are black people on just about every continent I believe if not every I don't know because I ain't been there but the ones I have been to I have not gone without seeing a brown woman of color a black woman of color like i i I always see a sister like so i guess the 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 first question right the first thing that i wanted to address before we got off topic is when it comes to diversity why do we have to group everyone in one spot why do we have a harder time speaking about diversity so that we can target our specific issues the issue that we're facing right now is that we don't see a lot of or we recognize that there is a pipeline problem with hiring black people, period, black and, okay. and has and 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 Latinos, so we yeah. can say black and brown, but that that and I mean I just she, I feel like that conversation can go either way because no, depending no, no, on wait, wait, how wait. you identify. Let's say that I'll say this: people that identify as black and brown, period. Right. People that identify as such, in, in okay?
1: Individually,
0: individually, no, no, I believe it's individually. In
1: visually,
0: oh, individually, visually. sure. Visual. Sure, the, we have a hard time just saying that. It's easier, I believe it's, sure, it can be easier, but but the 3% Conference, they've done something amazing. What? And they have, well, they've increased the number of female uh, creative directors from 3% to 11%. And the 3% Conference has did not start that, was it less than five years, maybe five years,
3: mm-hmm.
0: okay? We don't have those kinds of numbers for black and brown people. Because they haven't increased. And because no one is taking the the time, the effort, the care to record it. But when we talk about diversity, we all have to jump on the same bandwagon. Like, we all want diversity. No, I don't just want diversity. I want to see more people. I think
2: there's me. one thing of looking at those specific. Are you okay? Okay. I'm... <laughs> I think one thing you notice is that. You're getting the same type of people in the same type of department. So you could work at a large agency, but you find that your whole analytics team is either from India or Asia and count that as diversity. That's not true diversity. I think that for HR, they have to, for me, I would say you have to try a little bit harder. Just because you go and you do a HBCU tour and you go to MIT to find your your analytics team, and you go to Ivy League. It's like we're trying to find efficient ways to find people to meet our numbers. Mm-hmm. And we're not thinking about diversity on a detailed level. We're just thinking about it from a numbers and recording level. We don't think about it. Sure. And, and, con- and we think about it on a qualitative. Is it qualitative? It depends
0: on what you're talking about.
2: All right, let me just simplify this. So I've had two glasses <laughs> of wine. <laughs> but if you're thinking it, about it from our numbers and reporting, it goes beyond that. We've already talked about this, that diversity and inclusion, you have to think about retention. You have to think about if you're going to have all these people in your office, that they have to be able to work in a safe space. They have to be able to produce. There are so many levels to that. And my thing with HR, feel free to comment is I don't work in HR. <laughs> well anyone who's listening is, and working in HR is why do I only see it from a reporting standpoint but I don't see any follow up I see it from a reporting standpoint Weird. It when we do like diversity like when they do diversity published. meetings and be like We're oh about- we have like 8% um, people from 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 indian from india and then we'll have like two percent black (laughs) black. but the thing
0: always less than three percent
2: and it's always and it's always from the number we hired because those numbers look better Mm -hmm. when you look at retention those numbers are always lower Mm -hmm. so what does that tell you we need to think about retaining we need to think Mm -hmm. about the environment it's not it's not thinking on a detailed level that's my thing so here's something
0: so I was reading fast Company the leadership um the leadership issue. issue thank you thank you, thank you, thank you it's late. The leadership issue and one of the uh featured leaders in the magazine speaks about cognitive um diversity, diversity. and essentially I started to roll my eyes <laughs> because I feel like that's a scapegoat like cognitive diversity oh. Well what we really want is diversity in thinking, and it's like, well, yeah, sure, everybody wants diversity in thinking, and technically, you can get that in many different ways and and basically, what she was saying is like well, cognitive diversity is linked to physical diversity, and therefore, if you look for the cognitive, you'll get the physical and I think that's a cheap way to to overlook it however, there's something in that right so if we're looking if we're looking at it from a business case mm-hmm. they're in this industry, within marketing, within advertising, within media, whatever you we want to call it, whatever function you work within, at some point you're going to be selling to Black people, to Latin people, right? So if you're selling to these people, where are you getting your insights from? Who's writing this copy? I
3: mean, Who's
0: speaking with my with with our nuances, right? And granted, anybody can write for whatever. Anybody can do whatever. But are you really hitting the mark properly? Are you always hitting them? Is it, is it consistent, you know? So there's there's that opportunity. You obviously would never know that women don't necessarily always feel pretty and pampered when they're buying tampons. In fact, they're probably in pain. They probably hate the world. And they probably don't want to get out of bed. So these tampon and pad commercials about women running around skipping and wearing white on the period were completely misled you see what i'm saying and we all joked about it we all looked at it like i don't know where the hell (laughs) she's getting this cycle from but my shit doesn't feel like that you know what i'm talking about but that's an insight that's an insight that was able to change and that is why i always changed their campaign to to, what is it, play like a girl, mm-hmm. that's where that campaign came from. Okay. Having an insight to what it's actually like to be a, a girl, being a woman, etc. You won't get that for the black community if you don't have people that can bring those insights to you.
2: And it brings a further con- like part to it because the buying power of the black community that gets undermined in
1: Yes. The- I mean, but part of, part of what you're saying is, um, you're, you're talking about the business case for diversity and we've, we've mentioned, we have brought this up before how do you quantify the results of having a diverse agency no one's, no one's really doing it right and because no one's really doing it right no one really has a case study for saying you know what when you do have diverse people at the table that's the type of dope shit that you walk away from the table with that's the type of dope shit that you can create no one's really doing it right. So you know, somebody made a a, a great point at work the other day, and um, I was trying to make the case for like why we need to change the way we do certain things. And he said, "Well, why change? We're winning." And I thought about it, and I was like, well, "That's a really shitty thing to say for anybody." Well, 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 no, 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 but but he he was actually on my side, but what he was saying was he was making the case for why the people who are in charge and sign the checks are not making it a priority to change. Because if you are still winning millions of dollars, like these agencies are, they are still in business. They are still able to pay their employees and somebody is able to buy a million dollar condo or house or whatever, wherever the hell they live. Um, what is the point on upsetting the way that you do things if you are still winning?
2: I think it's that complacency that's putting you
0: in a lot. Exactly. And the idea, right, the idea of what we do is this idea of destroying convention. We are not going to be able to do that unless we speak and advocate specifically for what we want. Which is to climb that ladder, which is to redirect resources in a way that our agendas are prioritized the same way the, an agenda would be prioritized for. We need professional development for the creatives. We also need to have um, we also need to, to, to have cognitive, Call it whatever you want to call it, cognitive diversity prioritization and put money towards that <laughs> because we're missing a whole bunch of people that can tell us what it's like to live in the south side of Chicago or to live in the suburbs of Philadelphia or to live outside, you know, as a as a military kid. Like, you can't say that you're doing your best to reach your markets unless you have people that have lived this life telling you what it's like to live it so we can talk to the people the right way. You know what I'm saying? Like we do a good job of saying, well, we all, like, I think I was talking to a friend about their um, employee resource group, and she was just like, listen, they're trying to tell us for the for the black employee resource group that we need to think globally, but the team in London, they don't feel like they want to be identified as black. And that's real, because you can't make a local issue that needs to be, it's like trying to solve homelessness which people try to do trying to solve homelessness in your town and thinking about how this is going to level up to how we do this in Australia and in New Guinea and and in other parts of the world which is nothing like your town like you have to you, there has to be somebody to focus I I
1: th- I think if 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 we learn anything from <laughs> this election is that we got to be down for ourselves like I th- I think that that having we can we can all have good intentions and be like yo we you know what i'm saying like i'm down for women's rights mm-hmm. and shit like that but if we you if you
0: you can we, totally support but you got to you got to you got to stay the course
1: right
0: you I mean, can yeah. always support you can always be a face you can always be a protester but when it comes down for advocating you you got to advocate for your agenda right. and i think to the rant We started the conversation out with... I think, like, just to circle it back so we can close out, like, that's what's missing. What's missing is that diversity went from there's not enough black people on Madison Avenue in 2006 to this conversation in 2017 about global diversity. And guess who's still not making strides? So, me... My conversation is gonna be very specific moving forward. It's not just about people of color, it's specific to black and brown faces.
1: I mean for me,
0: not to say that nobody else's uh conversation matters, but the conversation that I want to advocate for and push forth is specific to people that look like me. All right. So we touched on we touched on solutions. I think I reiterated mine a few times.
2: I'm taking your solution. Okay. I'm going to be that biter because
0: you sh- I think we should.
2: Like, we have to be specific on what we want. And I also think, you know, it's reaching back. Mm-hmm. We've got to be specific because we know best. We can't depend on someone else mm-hmm. to make those decisions.
1: Yep. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing
0: setting
1: everybody up to fail I mean like Hold I make them fail make them fail. You know, I I, I'll, make I'll, I'll, fail I'll be I'll be Hold real high standard. like I have been expecting I've been having a lot of conversations over the last couple of weeks and I've been expecting people to fail and they've been surprising me every single time that I walk into a meeting and I'm like you know they you're don't not say no them up right,
0: they're, they're not failing. You're but
1: them but because Like like one like 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 I've just I've been pleasantly surprised each and every single time that I walk out of these meetings where I go. Damn, I was kind of hoping they would have fucked up. Because if 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 they do, then it then it then it gives me a it gives me ammunition to be like
0: fucking Eeyore for for the for the next.
1: But you know what? It's I also work in a very different kind of environment where somebody, you know what, all what all no right. no it's no, all right it's no. all right no 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 because because when it, uh, oh, man. uh, 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 <laughs> a manager uh, a higher up there I was speaking to described our environment as cute and so now i'm starting to expect them to say yes to a lot of things that i propose because It's a cutesy environment. Like they want people to work there forever. and A lot of people have been there for long amounts of time, like five years. Quite a few people have been there for 10 years. Pretty much the majority of the black people that work there who are predominantly women have been there more than five years. So in that type of environment, I'm starting to be like, you know what? I propose things to them and they're just like, okay, let's do it. One for the team. So, I'm not... I'm This not, is as positive as we're going to get, and I'm going to
2: take this moment. All right, for sure.
1: All right, cool. Why not? <laughs> all right,
0: well... I'm sure we're going to see a, a shit ton of more rants like that on on the Fase book. Um, the what? El Fase book. Oh,
1: Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> El Fase book. What?
0: Um, no, I mean it's it's a it's not about to it's gonna continue getting more intense with the comments um that people make because I think people are just kind of tired of holding it in, even those that play things that are more um that of respectability politics so I look forward to all the social media rants um I look forward to discussing it with you guys and I look forward to the next episode. So, on that note, make sure you guys check us out on Instagram at AskMixedCompany. Um, You can also email us at AskMixedCompany at Um, gmail.com. Are we on the Twitter? We are on the Twitter. And you can also find us on Twitter with the same handle. No. It's okay. (laughs) We'll see how we feel. But with all of that, all one hour and however many minutes we ended up at. We'll catch y'all next time. Peace. Later.